All right, let me jump right in. I want to introduce you to some friends of mine. These are the Parkers. And here's a picture of them right now, Bill and Karen Parker. And uh, we were looking for a family dog. And we wanted to get a Labradoodle because that seems to be the cool dog to get. And the Parker said, hey, we have a, our dog has, we've got a purebred um, Portuguese water dog. And we want to gift you one of our puppies. I'm like, I got to look, I got to Google Portuguese water dog. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, these are really cool dogs. Here's a picture of the dog they give us. This is Jackson. This is our little, little guy. Yeah, he looks like a cartoon character, right? And this has been a pride and joy of our family. In fact, sometimes my wife mixes up my son's name and Jackson's name often because she treats him like a, a son in the family. He's been um, our family dog. And Jackson came to us at a time when my wife was going through a really specific hard time in her own life as my mother-in-law was failing in her health and had passed away. And then shortly after that, her father failing in health and passed away. And Jackson became very intuitive and very understanding. You ever have a, a pet like that? They're either really un, uh, unbelievably aware of what's going on with you or they're just really hungry. It's one of those two things, right? Because they're like right there. And Jackson was really present with us. And we are, we are grateful to the Parkers because they, they brought us a family dog that has been instrumental in our lives and almost like some recovery and therapy for us. To have a pet like that. Here's the deal though, every morning, and I mean every morning, because Jackson sleeps in our room, I'm reminded strangely of my gratitude for the Parkers. Because it's around 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, and I'm woken up by Jackson, who either wants to go for a walk, or he just wants to lick my face. And here's a picture, this is an actual morning picture. <laughs> Do you have a dog that just, they, they can't, why can't you just lick my hand or my shoulders? I'm like, no, you gotta lick my face. You know what I mean? Just, just the licking your face and licking, licking all the time. And so this is Jackson. And if I don't move, here's what happens. Uh, it, <laughs> the licking turns to gnawing, because he's very motivated and he wants to go out. And I'm just laying there thinking, man, I'm so grateful to the Parkers for this dog. <laughs> So we're in the middle of this series, this thing called giving and gratitude, and exploring the mindset, this attitude that affects what it means to give thanks and gratitude. And gratitude becomes this anchor for our mindset. It's really interesting. I want to get back into it a little bit more. I remembering back um, every Christmas season, there's always that surprise, before Amazon, there's always that surprise gift or that thing that comes on the market that everybody wants and they're willing to wait in line for almost crazy. And I remember the date, November 15, 2001, Xbox came onto the scene by Microsoft. There were other gaming products, um, Sony, PlayStation, Sega, Nintendo, all these other things. But the, the Xbox console was the thing to have. And there was so much hype around it. I remember talking to my college students, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I've got to get me an Xbox. Does anybody remember this? It was, it was like almost this weird, insane time. Fights were breaking out. All levels of decency and everything else where people were, were fighting and arguing just to get in line. Just to, it was just crazy. They did whatever they needed to be done to get the Xbox. And it was weird for me because less than a month later, that same year, um, I was uh, on an overseas trip and I was hiking with an interpreter through parts of Nepal. And in Nepal, Nepal's that country nestled kind of sandwiched between China and India. And there's this little country right in there. And then there's this another little country right next to it called Bhutan. And Bhutan had religious and political persecution and, and riots and all kinds of things. And so there was a bunch of refugees, Bhutanese refugees, that were settled in Nepal. 
And I find myself with my interpreter going into, just randomly, a Bhutanese refugee camp. And this is just months after the Xbox came out. And what I found myself doing, I came upon this, this, um, this group of people, and there was a bunch of kids, and they were playing with an old tire. There's a picture of what that looks like. These kids playing with this old tire. And there was a bunch of kids. They all came out and they took the tire everywhere and they're rolling it down the hill. They took it up the hill, laughing, screaming. Then they took the tire, they took off all their clothes and they ran and jumped in the water in the lake and they're swimming in the lake, playing in the, with the tire. And I'm like, the tire brought so much incredible joy. A used tire. And the juxtaposition between those two things, the irony of the two polar opposites of the haves and the have-nots, a group of people who were privileged in the capacity to buy the best of the best in order to find fulfillment and joy and gratitude, and another group of people who are refugees in poverty and playing with trash and finding pure fulfillment and gratitude. Weird. But it stands out to me. I remember it, and I discovered two very, very important things that day. One, happiness is far more connected to what you're grateful for than what you can acquire. That's the first thing. And the second thing, I know exactly what I'm going to get my kids for Christmas. Because <laughs> I can get one for pretty cheap. Tire. But thankfulness, gratitude, sometimes it's a feeling, something, sometimes that it's an acknowledgement that says, I'm grateful for the benefit that I've, that I've received or that I will receive. That's gratitude. But here's the deal. Real gratitude transcends culture, economic status, or privilege. Real, genuine gratitude, as I learned at watching those kids and watching those people in line to get an Xbox, real gratitude transcends all those things. For the past few weeks, I've been prepping as this, for this message, and I've opened my eyes to this idea of gratefulness. And, and thankfulness. And I found myself in, a, in, in, a, in a places where I, I'm like, when I pause for a moment, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. But, it, but, but I had to pause, actually. I actually had to teach on it in order for me to go, what am I grateful for? And as I paused and took the time, I thought, I have a whole lot of things to be grateful for. I have a job um, where I can go to an A's game anytime I want. I mean, you're all like, well, it's not Giants, but it's A's. <laughs> but still, it's a real cool thing. I have another job. My other job, my main job, I get paid to make friends. Pastor Terry and I became friends because of this job I have, and I get to meet people like him and people around the Bay Area that see their church as a lighthouse for their community and get to hang out, spend time together. Who, who gets paid to do that? I'm grateful for my job, my coworkers. We get to eat a lot of food when we're out. I love food. When I'm praying for a meal, I can't close my eyes. I'm like, God, I'm thankful for that and this and that. <laughs> and what we're going to have over there. I'm grateful for my wife, 33 years, my four kids, my six grandkids. They bring me tremendous joy. I'm grateful for my dog, obviously. Now, I live 10 minutes from the beach. I can see the ocean from my house, from my bedroom. And I wake up each morning and I, and, I, and I walk out my balcony and I think, I don't deserve this. And it's literally, God, I am so grateful. I'm reminded of that each morning. But I've also experienced in the past few weeks an awareness of areas in my own life where I haven't been as grateful as I should be. 
fact, there are times where I become completely unaware or caught up in my own things and I've missed goodness, I've missed blessing, I've missed the grace of God that's been afforded to me. And instead of gratitude, I carried myself with an attitude of entitlement. I deserve these things. I'm oblivious to the graciousness, or things that have been graciously given to me and carry myself with that air of, it's me, of course, I, I should have this. It's super easy to cross over into that. And we all do it all the time. You know when it rains and everybody goes crazy? I think it's the, like, hey, it's raining. We should go crazy and drive our cars. Because everybody does, right? Does anybody? In the South Bay, they go crazy. They drive their cars. So I'm sure they do it here. So it's raining, and I'm, and I'm like, this is my, I, I'm literally driving in the rain going, this is my road. <laughs> and, no one's, and no one's listening to me. No one's doing what I tell them to do. I'm like, and I, I'm sitting in my car. I'm like, I should be just grateful. I'm, it's raining. I'm cold. I'm, not, I'm finding myself angry because nobody's moving. And then I find the seat warmer. I'm like, oh, OK, I'm grateful. <laughs> but to find gratitude in these specific things, and what's a huge eye-opener for me was that gratitude should happen all the time, but in most cases, it doesn't happen at all. Even in brokenness, even in sorrow, even during the holidays when it seems, this seems hard for me, gratitude can find a significant place. A few years back, my wife lost her mom, and through the pain and the sadness, through the sorrow of that, I watched her gratitude grow through sorrow by slowing down by being present, by seeing pictures and remembering and the joy that it brought her. Even in the hard places, there's gratitude. And so our daily mindset is what I want to talk through and getting our prayer life. As for many of us, gratitude is an instrumental in the spiritual realm because the Bible talks about thankfulness all the time. Gratitude and giving becomes a spiritual barometer, if you will, that demonstrates the condition of your heart. Gratitude and giving becomes the mechanism to acknowledge all the good things of God. Gratitude and giving becomes an active expression for humanity to give honor to God's character, His goodness towards us. Gratitude and giving allows us that, and it changes things. Here's something, simply put, and I want you to write this down in your notes. Simply put, it's this lacking in gratitude develops a sense of entitlement. Fullness of gratitude deepens the heart of worship. Lacking in gratitude develops a sense of entitlement, and fullness of gratitude deepens the heart of worship. And as Pastor Terry invited me to come in, he said, we are coming into the holiday season where people are talking about giving, and, and there's the emotion of the holidays and everything else, but we want to talk about thankfulness and gratitude and how that plays into giving because it changes the mindset. And when we, when we come in, we come in with a sense of, when we really get it, it's a sense of, it affects our prayer life. It affects our worship. It's interesting. Science tells us this. The, uh, the symptoms facing human condition today, stress, anxiety, strife, dysfunction, worry, high blood pressure, can be remedied with a simple prescription of thankfulness. I found this article in uh, USA Today. I love it. It says this. When you're stopping and counting your blessings... You're hijacking your emotional system. Gratitude makes you happier and can change your attitude about life like an emotional reset button. Gratitude serves as a stress buffer. Grateful people are less likely to experience envy, anxiety, anger, resentment, regret, 
and other unpleasant states that produce stress. USA Today. Interesting how science is merely discovering God's thoughts. It says this in Psalm 92, and it's in your notes. And I just look at it in your notes. Psalm 92, verse 1. It says, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. It's a good thing. That's not just like a, oh, well, that's a cute little statement that we'll put on a figurine somewhere or a little platitude type thing. It's actually a good thing for your mind, your body, your emotions. The physiology of gratitude is a good thing for you, is what he's saying. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. If you have stress in your life, practice gratitude. Anxiety, practice gratitude. Depression, practice gratitude. Loneliness and isolation, practice gratitude. Addiction and selfishness, or you find yourself getting angry or impatient or frustrated, practice gratitude. It begins to change things. I recognize that there's some things that are deep and you need to work and walk alongside with somebody else, but gratitude becomes that entry point and the game changer for everything. When you begin to live it out and practice it and exercise it like it's a muscle, it changes who you are. So here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give us seven attitudes of gratitude. And I want to talk to you how to incorporate that into your prayer life. So there's seven of them. So in your notes, I want you to write these ones down. Seven um, things to incorporate into your life. First is this, what I call relentless gratitude. Relentless gratitude. It says in Psalm 136, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And in those passages, it walks through this narrative of the children of Israel. They bring them out of Egypt. They divide the Red Sea. They lead them through the wilderness. And it says continually, for his Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. And on and on. Basically, he's saying that in every twist, in every turn, he's worthy to give thanks. It's an ongoing, ever aware, mindful state of gratitude for all the things. It's as if you would say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord because of the rain, because we desperately need it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord because I found a parking spot in front of church. Some of you probably said that today. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, because the 49ers are 10 and 2. Some of you might have said that today. Whatever it is, it's a way, way easier to have a heart of relentless gratitude when you have this perspective that everything around you is a gift from God, including your next breath. The morning, the sunshine, the rain, everything. Food is a perfect example of this. I'm so grateful to God for tri-tip. It says this in James chapter 1. Every good and perfect gift is from above. So we can just look at it from this perspective. Relentless gratitude increases perspective. So write that down in your notes. Relentless gratitude increases perspective. You begin to see it all around you. Here's the second. I call it rockin' Gratitude. Rockin' gratitude. It says this in Psalm 95, and actually throughout the whole scriptures, it's like this. It says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Gratitude draws that out of you through music, through singing, through artistry, through dance. I watch that with my kids, my grandkids. There's something that's unifying and beautiful when we sing gratitude Songs of gratitude and praise together with other people. It's unifying. It, it, it brings something to us. 
The scripture calls us to bring a joyful noise before the Lord. And there's this um, uh, chorus and praise, gratitude offered to God, and it goes like this. There's a picture of the doxology. It's called the doxology. This dates back to the 1600s. And it goes like this, and if you know it, sing with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Sing with me. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now we hold out that amen. Ready? Amen. Isn't that beautiful? We sing that around our dinner table. We have dinner. Did you know that song was written by an orphan? Thomas Ken, who wanted to express gratitude and praise to God. The rock in gratitude increases joy when you're rocking inside of it. Next one, I call it requests gratitude. Requests gratitude. It says this in Philippians chapter 4. It says, be anxious. In your notes, it says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Here's the key word. And if you have your pen in that notes right there, circle with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving because our request, making requests isn't just asking or pleading with God for something to be different or for him to do something. But with thanksgiving, changes, requires you to think radically different. With thanksgiving causes you to look at your request in light of all that God has already done. Adding thanksgiving into your request causes you to lean into the fullness of God. So for example, if you're like, hey man, we're struggling with our finances. So we want to, this is a request, a petition. We want to bring this to God. You should, but it should be something like this. God, help us with our finances. And, and, and we give you thanks for providing for us so far. Leaning in. The passage in Philippians continues on. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The requests, gratitude, increases peace. Requests, gratitude, increases peace. Here's the next one. What I call rounded gratitude. Rounded. It says this in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Rounded gratitude because it says in everything, in all circumstances, good, bad, happy, sad, high, low, encouraging, unbelievably discouraging. In everything give thanks. There's something incredibly liberating in your prayer life when you find yourself thankful even when you're in a sorrowful place. I remember a close friend of mine in, in San Jose and his wife passed away. I remember just journeying with him. He's a pastor there. And just walking through him, and it seemed so unfair and so heartbreaking. The story was just so heartbreaking. And I remember reading a post from him on Facebook just weeks after. The depth of sorrow of the loss, you could feel it. But then all of a sudden, he's thanking the doctors and gratitude for his family and his friends for prayer, for sweet memories. And the attitude changes and shapes the journey of our life with thanksgiving. The Bible says it um, in another passage. It says, consider it all joy when you counter trials because the testing of your faith produces something. It produces patience. 
And so a rounded gratitude in highs and lows produces patience, increases patience. Next one, referenced gratitude, referenced. It says this, in Psalm 97, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. And then the second part of it says, And give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. The referenced passage. Over and over in the scriptures, especially a lot in the Old Testament, you, uh, when they use thanks connected to God's name, and a name of God is referenced. Hebrew culture, the name is someone carries significance because the name describes a characteristic or an attribute that was ascribed to that person. For God, he had names that referenced the characteristic that people had and they were grateful for as they journeyed with him. And so different names that come up. El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shema, the Lord who's there. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And these interesting names to study, but in its simplest form for us, it's a referenced guide to the name of God. Because the scripture tells us to this, to his holy, thanks for his holy name. I thank you for being a God who provides. I thank you for being a God who comforts. I thank you for being a God who heals. I thank you for being a God who sustains. Thanking God in reference to his name connects us to his character and deepens our connection of hope in him. Reference gratitude increases hope. It increases hope. Here's the next one. This one's called realignment gratitude. Realignment gratitude. And just to give you the backdrop, there's a story of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, or Luke chapter 7, sorry, where, where Jesus is hanging out with, he's invited to a dinner party with the Pharisees, and he's teaching, interacting, and that type of thing. And a woman comes in at the dinner party who has a pretty gnarly reputation and comes to this and begins to anoint Jesus' feet with very expensive oil. And then she starts weeping, and then she's washing Jesus' and wiping Jesus' feet off using her tears and her hair. It's just like a crazy scene. And the Pharisees are looking at him and saying, if you knew, if you knew, if Jesus knew who she was, he wouldn't let him touch her. And Jesus tells this story illustrating forgiveness and the great debt and this heartfelt gratitude that follows because she's so gracious to Jesus, knowing where she came from. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 7, it's in your notes, he says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom is little, little is forgiven, the same loves little. And when we come to this re, uh, realization that the totality of everything that I've ever done, the broken places in my life, the wounding experiences, the people, the things that I have just turned my back on God towards, and knowing that God has redeemed those things, it gives me a whole new realignment in my life. And realignment increases Love. Realignment increases love. Here's the last one. And I call it recurring. Recurring. In Psalms 26, it says, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Thanks and gratitude connected to all that God has done from creation of the world, from the deliverance of his people, to the redemption of mankind, to the gift of the Holy Spirit, to the beauty of the church all the way up to who you are, to say he's done nothing, he, he, he's done in your past, to say anything he's done in your past, whatever you've been involved in, directly or not, proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of your wondrous works all that you have done. 
to be able to look at that and say, God, you have done so much. Recurring gratitude increases remembrance. Increases remembrance. So those are the seven things I wanted to give you and begin to work through. So I really was contemplating how to end this service. And I wanted to do something practical. I wanted to actually exercise gratitude, thankfulness in the service together. So here's, here's what I came up with. If you have your cell phone, pull it out. Everybody pull your phone out. And I know you all got them because we can't live without them. And I would like to redeem technology for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of us learning about gratitude. Instead of being a culture of people walking around like this, to actually use our phones in a way. So there's three things we're going to do. First is pull up your text messages. Don't go to Instagram. I know you're just going to do that. Don't do it. <laughs> pull up, and rear it in everybody. Pull up your cell phones right now. If you're at home, pull out your cell phone. And look at the, pull, pull up the texts. Don't scroll through them all. Just look at this, kind of that first page. And what I want you to do is you're going to text five words to somebody that you're grateful for. You're going to text, find somebody on there, and you're going to text, I'm grateful for you today. I'm grateful for you today. Let's do it right now. All right, you're already getting a response. It's great. <laughs> and hit send. Hit send. I just sent one to my son-in-law. Just see where it goes. But do you see how easy that was? We did it in church. We just showed gratitude in a real simple way. That may hit somebody there and go, wow, thank you. I had no idea. Or where did this come from? Or whatever. Just let it be an exercise. Here's the second thing we're going to do. Go to your pictures. Go to your pictures. I know some of you have 4,000 pictures and 82 videos. But just go to pictures. Just look at the very bottom ones. Find something or someone in there that you look at and you, lo and you say, you know what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that person. I'm grateful for that thing. Just and hold that picture in front of you. Here's, here's mine right here. I just picked a new one. This is my granddaughter, our little Kenyan granddaughter. I'm grateful for her. And just hold that. Hold your phone in front of you with the picture, right? And we'll lead us through a prayer. This isn't our closing prayer. This is an exercise, right? God, thank you. We give you gratitude for this person or this thing that you've shown us in front of our phone right now. Thank you for blessing us, showing your goodness, your graciousness with this person or this thing, whatever it may be. And then we show you our heart of thankfulness and gratitude to you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay? Last one. See how easy this is? It's super easy. And it changes perspective. Last one. Go to your, some of you may not have ever done this, use your... Um, Alarm clock. Go to your alarm clock. Pull it up. If you have an iPhone, swipe down and it'll show up. Alarm clock. And pull up the alarm clock. And everybody, set an alarm for 8 p.m. tonight. 8 p.m. tonight. We're going to have a tsunami of gratitude. When your alarm goes off, you take one minute or two minutes and you're thanking God for who He is. God, thank you. I give you gratitude and praise for who you are. It'll be across the city and for uh, folks at Reardon and people at home. Everybody set that alarm by 8 o'clock. And let's all pray together of what God can do. It's that simple. And when you begin to exercise it, it shapes your character. 
It changes things. It heals inside. It changes the perspective of other people about you. Like what is different about you? Because you begin to live in the gratitude, the graciousness, the beauty of what God has provided and given to us. Using and redeeming something as simple as a cell phone rather than staring at it for our own narcissistic thing with social media we actually use it as a leverage for good and to bring gratitude and thankfulness to God and to others. Will you guys join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what it stands for and what it means to the people in this city. I thank you for those that are here and how you've blessed and encouraged them. You've strengthened them in their walk. And, and for some that have been walking a long time, some are brand new, some are just exploring. Whatever that may be, we've been opened up to this idea that you've set as an emotional health reset button, which is gratitude and thankfulness. And so we come to you with that. May we live that and exercise that each day and each moment that we shift our perspective towards entitlement and towards selfishness and push it out towards showing um, genuine grace and love towards other people through gratitude. And doing that, it changes our holiday season. It changes our week. It changes our workplace. It changes our home. It changes the next person we interact with because we live and love like Christ. Thank you for our time and thank you for us being able to gather here today in Christ's name. Amen. Oh,